Thanks for tuning in to Nestorius Public Radio. Hey, I'm your host, Nestor Rodriguez, a.k.a. Yo, the warm fuzzy, who is he, who was he, Nesta, yo, you better check your local listings, yo, he's dropping two twin turbine pistons. Yo, yo, that's, that's, the, that's the Jewish version, Nesta, Nesta. And to, and to, and to, hey, Nesta, where's the tuna? Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. We got a crazy show today. We're recording this shit from beautiful, sunny, warm, and fuzzy North Hollywood, California. We're, do, we're doing this shit at Jam Master James Studios, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Give it up for my Negro right there. What's up, James? <laughs> what up? Yeah. yeah. I, James is my pod father. I know you guys uh, may have heard me say this shit in the past. I started doing a podcast with James over uh, Kevin Smith's Smodcast uh, internet radio station, uh, The Breaks. So... Come on over and check that show out. We've been doing that shit for almost two years. But anyway, we wanted to do uh, have James as one of our guests. So big up for James. What's up, baby? What up, what up? Glad to have you guys in the house today. Yeah. <laughs> and we, got man, we got my man Rich. What's up, Rich? What's up, everybody? How you doing? That's right. Tonight, we're going to be talking mad, mad quantities of shit. We're going to continue... Our conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago on tipping. We're going to keep it brief. You know, after we left the show uh, two weeks ago, we, we kept on the dialogue. We're going to talk about Disneyland, man. Disneyland got some scandals going on. We're going to talk about um, uh, Michael Michael Douglas's uh, cunnilingual cancer. Um, we're going to probably... <laughs> we're going to talk about... Oh, we got some Israeli ass. Some Israeli chicks in the military... Pull down their pants. I just want to let my listeners know where they can check out the photos. Because let me tell you something. This is some serious advertising for the military. I would have joined. Well, right off the bat, man, Rich, you were telling me some shit about the IRS. Oh, uh, yeah. Some more. We talked about the IRS. I was listening to that episode. AM radio shit, and they were talking about some stuff. So I started listening a yeah, little yeah, bit. So and us. guess what? The IRS, with all that stuff, they've got a nice, big, fucking, micro, <laughs> uh, uh, fucking microscope right up their ass, man. Really? Yeah, because we're finding a lot of great things about the IRS, you know, and, and uh, you know, I was kind of back at them saying, hey, you know, maybe they should fucking, you know, uh, target people who, I don't know, who are seeking tax exemption because they're the ones who don't want to pay fucking taxes. Makes sense, doesn't it? But now it seems that they are misappropriating their funds in the form of, well, I don't know, $50 million on conferences. Uh, over the past like two three years between 10, 2010 and twelve, they spent fifty million. Uh, so like uh, there was a oh, 50, uh, million? fifty million dollars. Check this out. They have an expense, right? Expense account. They do. Right. They, I mean, they have to spend money, I guess, to make money, or to, they have to spend money to steal your money. But uh, in, this is what happened. They they had a conference down in Anaheim. Okay. Oh shit! Appropriately so, because we're gonna be talking about Disneyland. That's <laughs> there the you whole go. Anaheim. So yeah. so. So they went down there. They spent, uh, I don't know, $4 million. $4 million for a conference in Anaheim in 2010. Uh, this is, hey, do you guys remember when a million dollars was a big hold deal? Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, but this listen. Is, this is the IRS spending... Spending... Five million dollars. Four million dollars. Four million dollars. Yeah, for a Who conference. Who the fuck was invited to that shit? Well, let's see. They had twenty six hundred attendees right. receiving benefits, including baseball tickets and stays in presidential suites that normally cost fifteen hundred to thirty five hundred dollars per night. Who, who who's doing this investigation? Um, well, the Tea Party. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because the tea, if the Tea Party is doing the you know, investigation, I, hold on, hold on. It's Daryl Is- Issa. He's a- Big the fuck up to the Tea Party if you're going to investigate the IRS, you motherfucker. Those in uh, glass houses should not throw stones. So, so wait a minute, because I got to tell you something. I know that I've said this before, but I went to New York a couple weeks ago to do to do an audit, which isn't finished, by the way. But this is good information. And when I went in there, my agent was saying, "Oh, uh, you know, we would normally use that room over there, but the uh, the bosses are throwing a breakfast for the employees because they did really good this month." And I was like, "Really?" Are we invited to breakfast? Because that's my motherfucking money yeah. that's being spent yeah, that's there. that's your dime, man. So I thought, uh, I thought, oh, wow, they throw office parties. But yeah. now you're talking about $4 million fucking extravaganza? For, for one event. For one event. For one event. And, and check How it out. How many people were there? The agency, they didn't even he negotiate. Said, he said 2,600. 20, 2,600. They didn't even negotiate lower room rates. It's pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and that's their policy. That's their policy. It's standard government practice to, you know, try and get so, a whoa, 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 whoa. Well, so I have a business. I have a business. So as a business owner, whenever I go anywhere, of course, I ask, you know, I, I go to Expedia. I try to get the lowest rate. Even though it's a tax write-off when I do business, I still want to save as much money as I can. Right. So here these cocksuckers are taking <laughs> our fucking tax money. Not only are they spending it, fucking $4 million for 2,600 douchebags, yeah. right, to go to it's, Anaheim. And they don't even look for the lowest rate. It's a fucking slap in the face to everybody that they're taking money from. Anyway, essentially they're pretty much doing what uh, all the big banks did uh, during all that shit. Taking private jets and saying, oh, we don't have any money or we need to take your money and just pretty much fucking using your money uh, right. to, to, to big up. Right. To live to live the big up life. Unbelievable. So, that's the, so who is this guy that, 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 that did this investigation and how, and how uh, uh, accurate? It's a, it's a government watchdog. <laughs> big up your fucking government watchdog, motherfucker, cocksucker. Big up you will hear me say that a lot. Big up for fucking investigating the IRS, those bloody cunts. You fucking bubba bubba oh, cunt man. Hey, here, there's, there's a chairman of that committee, which they don't. I, look, I can't even find in the fucking thing. But Daryl Issa, he's a Republican from California. Good for him. He also released excerpts of congressional investigators' interviews with employees of the IRS office in Cincinnati. Listen, Daryl, Daryl, big up, Daryl Issa. He's, he's, he's the whistleblower on wow. this. No, so they all do the same thing. I mean, the governors, the politicians, they're all buying prostitutes in the Philippines, hanging out, doing coke off each other's tits. I mean, it's called the United <laughs> States Senate. When you vote, let's, let's talk about vote. When you vote, you get to decide which rapist you're putting in charge. Is it the one that likes to dress up in leather and get spanked in the underground, you know what I mean, by yeah. the madam? Or are you electing the other rapist <laughs> who likes to go on Craigslist and find little boys? The problem is not with the United States government. The problem is we have none. Well, I mean, look at this. Look, they paid some fucker $17,000 to talk about leadership through art at the IRS. Hey, guys, I have a leadership through art speech. Like, if you really want to be the leader, then uh, you got to convince people to pay you seventeen grand to talk about this I shit. I don't even mind. That's why you're the leader. I wouldn't even be pissed at the guy who took the money. No, he's I the leader. Because I would have done the same thing. That's how you get like, to be the leader. Fucking, you morons. Oh, yeah, I'll take your fucking money, and then I'll jerk off with it all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is leader, you just go around doing throughout my fucking balls. <laughs> this is this is seriously like that 
that that's right there. I mean, I I fooled you into fucking. You Fuck know. you! It's magic. <laughs> Imagine being like a motivational speaker. You go from convention to convention. You book out like a comedian. You book your weekends. You get seventeen grand to go talk, and then you get a snort blow off senator's chest, and you know, suck dick in a hot tub of some other guy. You know, like what senators do, and Republicans, congressmen, that's for Democrats. Look you get how to have hard their wild gay look, uh, fetish parties. Look how hard Furby, they look how hard they presidential fight. Furby parties. Look what? how look how hard they fight for these positions, and when you look at that, when you go to the breakdown about how much they supposedly make, it's not that much money to be fighting that hard to be, you know, a senator, or Republican, or anything like that. It's the fucking parties that they're after. It's the power that no, they, they have. They have a lot of parties. They it's, bring in. Sometimes they truck in little Filipino boys exactly. that look it's, like girls. And it's they the have under them the dance bathroom stall kilts. frolicking. Yeah, that that's what a lot of about. our government money's going to. Underage sex parties where they dress midgets in kilts. That's how I feel about our governors. And politicians, by that's, the way, if that anyone's all? listening. That's exactly, there's just a bunch of child molesters. Think about it. How many of them are there? How many sex scandals do they have every month? Like, if you took that out into the regular public, like, everyone at your office building would it's, be like a... But it's, it's, it's ridiculous, But it goes dude. to the point where they're just, it's just so hilarious, though. That's like, I'm uh, against gays, you know, and all this. Or I'm uh, family values. And I won't it turns for- out three weeks later, oh, oh by yeah. the way, I'm gay. I won't vote Young for... Young Filipino boys rule. I won't... <laughs> I don't want to vote for... <laughs> <laughs> so this is what politics campaigning is like. It's like two, two kids like saying, like, no, you stole the ball. No, it's my ball. No, give me back the ball. Because they never sit there and come out with a commercial about what they're going to do or what they're about. It's always, my candidate I'm running against once said misquoted in a newspaper we think with a highlighted line and we're supposed to believe this horse shit bullshit yeah, big down. Because I'm because, big down in because, that. Because that's no what people up. respond to though these days. Though because of, you know, that's that's what they respond to because they watch too much of the Kardashians. Because oh, that's yeah. the level. No, that's the level that the, that the society has been dumbed down to. So, well, you know, they have to come to a level that the people yeah. will understand, and that is essentially mudslinging. And you know, anyway, yeah, you, you anyway, know. we're we're in Anaheim. We're talking about Anaheim. Okay, <laughs> so, nice segue. So, yeah, yeah, let, let, we're in Anaheim. No, because. <laughs> No, no, no. Audience, close your eyes. No, we, we're, we're... Go with us to Anaheim. No, 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 no. I just can't believe that the, that the IRS did this thing in Anaheim because oh. Disney, Disneyland has been in the news lately. Oh, yeah? Right? They have, they have this scheme um, entitled uh, Families Hire Disabled <laughs> Guide to Bypass Lines. That's you, the did, shit. Did you hear about this uh, report? Yes. So, so basically, the rich will hire handicapped people to go to Disneyland with them and wait on the lines. So, yeah. actually, they don't even have to wait on the lines. They can just go right in because they're handicapped. Every rich family should have their own handicapped person. So, so yeah. <laughs> it's the new future. You so, can no. park at the I mean, grocery it's the new store. American dream. And, 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 <laughs> and we're helping the, the, the most, you know, poorest of the wretched of the society. Well, well, well here's the deal. And investigating news that a handful of upper-crust Manhattan moms... This is Manhattan, New York City. Oh, yeah. Have a pricey secret way to get their kids to the front of the lines, and it's not by bribing Mickey Mouse. I thought maybe it was by sliding See, your finger up hey, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Remember a couple of weeks ago on the show, we were talking about the difference between like a California, LA scheme or a New York scheme. That's a New York scheme. Right. Yeah. You, you, it involves airplane travel. It involves grabbing a retard. It involves <laughs> lines. It involves public. It involves like that's a scheme. Well, like an LA thing is you just pull your gun over, like yo, let me on the ride. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> like, well, 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 this is fucked. 
fucked up. It's handicapped people, right? So, so instead of waiting on lines, according to New York Post, the moms pay $130 an hour to hire a disabled black market guide who uses her position. Of course, we're going to say she's a female. Who uses their position sitting in a motorized scooter to help entitled families brilliant. gain special access oh, to brilliant. rides. I love but it. Not, brilliant yeah, but, on all but levels. Nestor, Nestor, look at how much it costs to get a front-of-the-line pass for your fucking family. Yeah. How much does... Oh, scroll down. It's, it's like brilliant. $350 to get a front-of-the-line pass. They're, the rich people are actually making a fucking... Uh, uh, they're, they're coming out ahead and you know your retard gets some gets some work too <laughs> a handicap for a handicapped person to make $130 a day and get to go no, to Disneyland an, an hour. who's taking this an, an hour, hour an hour who's taking this person who's Look, paying this handicapped no, 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 person no, no. 130 hour or taking this kid to Disneyland he sits in a, he put on a VCR right and he drools in a corner hold on, hold he's on. getting out of the house alright it's insider knowledge that very few have and share carefully, Martin told the Post. So when you're doing it, you're affirming that you are one of the privileged insiders who has and shares this information. You're also getting a good deal. As VIP tours offered, offered by Disney, which include speed passes, start at $315 an hour. Oh, but, I'm yeah. assuming, but I'm assuming that that's for the whole family. Right, three hundred and fifteen dollars an hour. If yeah, Mickey Mouse and hers they're can finding, suck yeah, my handicapped dick. I say, dude, this is what I say. This is what I would do. This would be the the, the Jewish way to do it. You're like, you grab one of your kids. It's a little lanky. You'd be like, you. Get in the scooter. We're not paying 130 bucks an hour. I'm making one of my kids disabled <laughs> for the day. That's what I'm saying. We'll, we'll, no, but it's brilliant. I mean, you got the money to spend. What's this lady going to do? Spend another $130 on a no, you know of what? lipstick? They're just pissed off because Disney's getting undercut, man. Right, right. That's, that's, that's oh, the Disney's fucking thing. Disney's in on it. No, Disney is not. They're they're just pissed because they're not getting their 315 an hour. I think that's the I think that's, that's the issue. That's the bottom line. I think that's the issue. I think you're 100% yeah. right. I think. Disney I mean, I think we should. I mean, I think we should really start to adopt. You know, have the discussion as a society on what are other ways we can use handicapped people to help us with our daily lives. Yeah. Don't make me bust a handicap in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I think Walt Disney would be proud of that. In other news, with Disney, um, there was a, a loaded gun was found on, on, on Disney World ride by a woman with her grandson. Lake Buena Vista, Florida. A Walt Disney World patron on a ride with her grandson found a loaded gun on her seat, officials said Wednesday. Officials said that the woman found the pistol on the dinosaur ride at Animal Kingdom. The woman turned over the loaded weapon to a park attendant who then contacted her manager and authorities. The gun's owner, Angelo Lista, uh, told authorities he discovered his gun was missing several minutes after leaving the ride, he has a concealed weapons permit. Uh, Lisa told authorities he didn't know Disney Not World anymore. patrons. Yeah, uh, he didn't know Disney World patrons weren't allowed to bring guns. You know, he said he thought the security <laughs> checkpoint at the entrance to the Florida theme park was only so that the guards could check bags for bombs or explosives. <laughs> <laughs> Patrons do not walk through metal detectors, nor are they subject to pat downs. So that that's Dude, interesting. Not, I don't want to leave my. Thanks. I'm bringing my gun to Disneyland. Thanks, if I thanks fucking Angelo. Now we're all gonna have to yeah. fucking get right. an anal cavity search right. every time we right. go to a goddamn theme right. park. Now, you son of a bitch! I'm not going are to you Disney World. Fucking keep your goddamn hands on your fucking gun. Don't you, fucking. That, I mean, that, seriously, that's you, pretty fucking you irresponsible. You sucker! Now I'm gonna have to take my shoes off when I go into Disneyland. <laughs> you motherfucker. Anyway, so we were talking about Disney earlier, and uh, I don't know if anybody knows, but underneath Disney World and Disneyland, um, there's a whole uh, city 
right? Disneyland has its own police force, its own fire department. But yeah, they, uh, they have a jail. They have a Disneyland jail underneath, which is which is a fucking trip. Uh, so basically, um, there's a, a, a Disneyland has a total of six large uh, jail cells, uh, not located underneath. They are there to hold uh, inmates that disturb, destroy property, kidnappers for the time being, waiting for Anaheim PD to show up. Kidnappers? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is in Disneyland. So. Uh, and, and 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 apparently there's a there's a private restaurant there also called Club 33, where uh, people who have a lot of money or celebrities and all that stuff don't. It's an have Illuminati to, club. Right. Well, people don't. Mickey has trouble getting in. Well, sometimes. people don't have to celebrities or whatever. They don't have to eat with the rest of the assholes. Yeah. Like Angelo. Yeah. You know yeah. What I Mickey mean? and like Goofy can get in, but some of like the newer characters have some. You know, you got to prove yourself. <laughs> the creme de la creme get to yeah, dine Pocahontas on Walt. Yeah, always gets they discriminated get to Walt, against. They get she to dine never... on Walt Disney's frozen thigh meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only the select few know about the this special menu. Yeah. It's off, it's off menu, but you know what to ask for. Club Thirty Three is a private club in New Orleans Square. You must be a member or the guest of a member to dine there. Last I heard, they were not even accepting applications for membership. Wait time was over 10 years. A corporate membership was a bit over $20,000 plus around $6,000 a year. I don't know about I don't know about that. The, the, all this stuff is all this stuff sounds kind of crazy. Um and then somebody said that there is no underground jail, but there is a holding area. The holding area is not visible to guests, nor is it behind City Hall. There's a break, break room for cast members. It's in a separate building adjacent to the Bank of Main Street where the security office is. But underneath downtown Disney, under the bridge, is the Anaheim Police Department off-site location. I actually heard there's not even just a, there's actually a Disney torture chamber underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I heard there Were was. Were they a, tor- Yeah. Yeah. No. I, you're right. I heard there was a Disney S and M club that was underneath <laughs> underneath the uh, the the theme park. But I'm not sure. Is this in every single that Disney Club 33? Really? It's, yeah. Yeah. I heard they stored eagle eggs for some reason in a <laughs> vat of gold. And yeah. Were, I, I don't understand what it's that was Disney all about. Disney World and Disneyland. Of course, they're going to have everything that the rest of the world has yeah, because. They sure. want to recreate everything. I mean, hence the name. And that would yeah. back up. I mean, if you ever tried to, you know, go against them in a court of law, they'd just say, well, it's Disney World. Fuck I don't go to theme parks because I think for myself and I don't want to, you know, I don't enjoy rides and I can't stand being around those throngs of people that should not wear thongs. Yeah. I don't smoke Buddha and I can't stand sex. Here's uh to the people over here, to the, the people over there, to, to the, the people, the people, the people, the people, the people, the people, people from everywhere. Everywhere. Here's to, uh, Club 33's tagline. To eat with Mickey, you got to have cheddar, bitch. That's ridiculous, dude. That's crazy shit. It <laughs> is. Whatever, we'd go. I'd go if they let me in, hanging out. Sipping on some... Uh, well, if somebody paid for your way, you mean you'd go. Eating some cotton candy. Um, if, I pay, if I'm paying exorbitant amount of money to get into this fucking place, look, you gotta I realize. want a finger fucking mini. I, wanna, I want... <laughs> yeah, everyone's you know done I mean? that, I want though. Daisy uh, Duck to you fucking want a finger juggle mini? my where balls. Were you, where were you in the 80s? Everyone <laughs> fingered mini, mini in the 80s. No, yeah. but... Uh, you know, the thing about it is if you're really, really wealthy and rich, you don't want to be – I mean, if we – listen, okay, if we could afford to go to Disneyland without having to be at the pretzel line waiting for our pretzel with all the other people trying to buy a pretzel, we would do the same thing. So that's what it is. You can go to the rides. You go back to the club. You're like, peace. This is like when Johnny Depp shows up, you know. Yeah. Johnny, he fingered Minnie. 
Oh, he's, <laughs> uh, he's Johnny figured mini. Hey, here's here's here's, a, here's an interesting little thing though that there is a second Club Thirty Three. It's located in the Tokyo Disneyland, in their New Orleans Square as well. But the funny thing is, is that members of Disneyland's Club Thirty Three do not have reciprocal privileges. Fuck Club Thirty Three. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's a lot of bullshit. I, I think. I think. You know. First of all, I just want to say this. You know what? If you can afford to pay a handicapped person 130 something thousand an hour to uh, bring a scooter and wait, you know, uh, you know, chaperone you and your family through any of the lines at Disneyland or Disney World, you know what I say? God bless. It's America. That's America. You know what I mean? It's, it's capitalism. Trade. Capitalism, no, no. capitalism down to its core. It's America. Yeah. If you can afford that, all the power to you. Me personally, if you can afford to go eat at Club 33 for $10,000, fucking A. You know what I'm saying? Fucking A. Eat a fucking pork chop for me, okay? <laughs> eat a fucking pork chop for me. Beat the fuck up, you rich motherfuckers that can afford to pay a homeless, toothless fuck to wait on the lines for you. Beat the fuck up to you fucking retarded rich fucks that can afford to eat at Club 33 where I wouldn't fucking have diarrhea in the bathroom. Big up to you fucks. Big up to you capitalistic cocksuckers. Big the fuck up. That's what America is all about. Big up. Okay? I just want to say that me personally, you couldn't pay me to spend that much time in Disneyland or Disney World. It's with a handicap. It's, it's with anybody. It's over fucking it's rated. It's so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. It's just, it's just yeah, it's like people that just. It's, it's overrated. If you've, can't done wait, it, yeah. if you've done it once in your life, then you've done it once in your life. Not a big exactly. fucking deal. Okay? Anybody who buys a season's pass to fucking Disneyland, <laughs> you should shoot yourself. You should find Angelo fucking dickhead, get his gun, <laughs> and commit suicide in It's a Small World. You should blast your fucking brain particles in fucking Space Mountain. So when everyone's riding in the dark, shit splatters on them. They don't know what the fuck is hitting them. You should blast your fucking head. That's what I say. Blast your fucking head. Big up. For you dropping your fucking loaded gun there, you bomba clad pussy clad bastard, you oh, fucking idiot. What, what was his last name? Knotts? Was he uh, Furley? I mean, what fucking I, <laughs> like Don Knotts fucking with the gun? This guy fucking has a he has a permit. He gets he's on the rides. <laughs> yeah, he's, with his gun. I'm not he's going in there with dropping my gun. it. He's what if some maniac starts shooting? Well, see, that's why they gave him one bullet and he kept it in his <laughs> shirt pocket because he shirt. kept fucking leaving his fucking pistol in the fucking you know exactly. in the state fair fucking Ferris wheel ride. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy's idiot. the guy's fucking retarded is what he is. The they should have paid him. Well, that's how he got on the ride with the fucking gun. He was the paid idiot to fucking stand in line at the front. Yeah. It worked out both ways. How how a retard got a gun permit out of Well, he owns a fucking, uh, uh, probably, you know, uh, he's probably one of those uh, Minutemen that, that try to, uh, oh, Angelo God. Lista. Lista's his name. Oh, Lista. You know, fuck you, Angelo, okay? You <laughs> cocksucker. Fuck you. All right? <laughs> anyway, um, so, you know. We're gonna we're gonna be uh, having part three of John Crash Matos's interview, uh, the last nice. part of a three-part uh, interview uh, that we have done, and conclude that interview. And thank you for uh, tuning in and watching part, uh, listening to part one and part two. Um, just a lot of stuff. Real quick, um, I just want to mention. Uh, 
I know I know this is not crazy news, and we talked about it on the other show, but uh, Google uh, TimesofIsrael.com, uh, female so- soldiers show off military assets. Uh, they made a big deal about these uh, Israeli uh, um, 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 military chicks uh, taking off their pants and showing their G-strings and all that stuff. There's a really hot picture of three, four of them uh, that they posted on Facebook uh, um, uh, serving in the military. And they, I mean, I, I don't know why the U.S. government does not use this image to recruit people to, to, to join the army or the ar- any leg of the armed services. I'm going to post the picture on this episode of, uh, of Nestorious Public Radio on the Skid Row Studio uh, com website. So I, I usually post uh, pictures of everything that's related to whatever episode I'm talking about on the skidrowstudios.com website. By all means, make sure that you go to iTunes and that you, uh, 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 while you're in iTunes, search Nestorious Public Radio and subscribe. Make sure you download. The more you download, the better chances we are of getting supporters. We need supporters. We're going to have a picnic. <laughs> right now we don't even have I'm a tablecloth. I'm going I'm to bake some pies. I've got a nice <laughs> rhubarb pie oh. recipe that oh. I've been wanting to try out. i got a new Vitamixer. I'm going to make a nice rhubarb blend. And um, I'm going to use my mom's uh, you know, famous pie dough recipe. You know, Make a little lattice on top and stick it in the bath. Before bath of uh, flour, and then you know, stick it right in the oven there. Cook that shit up. I that- like picnics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Support for NPR is brought to you by Disney World. That's right. <laughs> Disney World, you cocksuckers! You're paying for this show, you fucking cocksuckers. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, go to um, go to um, what was the site that I gave you there, um. Anyway, just Google Israeli military ass cheeks, <laughs> and you'll find it. <laughs> shit is unbelievable, unfucking believable. It's crazy shit. Um, so, so we also we were talking about um, uh, last week. Uh, actually, a few weeks ago, we were talking about tipping. And you know what? I don't know that we're gonna have a hell of a lot of time because this is a big uh, a big discussion. Uh, earlier on, we we're talking about you know the 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 right for restaurants to uh, you know put a tip or a gratuity on your check and um we just basically got a little got a little crazy rambunctious, uh, rambunctious about it actually you know what you know what we're yeah. not even going to discuss that i am going to cut this part of the fucking show out <laughs> yeah, okay because yeah, yeah. you know, i'm going to edit the show yeah because we don't have that let, much time let me just say this let me just say want to say let me just say this one thing nestor yeah you know, when you looked at the bill and you saw that 18% on there yeah, yeah. and that feeling that, like, what the fuck? That's exactly how a waiter feels when he gets stiffed. Right. I'm serious. Yeah. That, that feeling <laughs> of fucking. Yeah. So, no, I know. So now you know. No, no, no. But your life already sucks no, no. if you're waiting tables. If you guys, seriously. Form. If like, you guys were listening, but, if you haven't listened, go to episode eight. We started the discussion about this. Go to episode eight. And, it's, and we were talking about tipping and, and, and all the stuff. I got charged 18%. And they, I wasn't told. I think the crime was that I, the waiter didn't say to me, hey, you know, the tip isn't Included. Okay, right. that's the crime. But, but then the ar- the argument was that I remember in America when there was a time when tipping was an option. And 
And this Not is, anymore, motherfuckers. Tipping was an option. You all better tip. And the burden of waiters having a, 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 a good wage and a good uh, uh, compensation for their work, the burden of that was not put on the consumer. It was not, uh, it was not put on the restaurant goer. It was put Look. on the fucking employer, okay? And again, the problem with America, if I can say there's a problem, one, is lack of responsibility. Everyone wants to pass the fucking buck down to somebody else, okay? The, the responsibility for a waiter to get a good wage is not the fucking patron's responsibility. It's the fucking employer's responsibility. At some point in America, at some point, I don't know when it was, the fucking, it was deciphered that, oh, as an employer, as a restaurant owner, I don't need to give the, the waiter or the wait staff a good wage because people are tipping. Because people are tipping. So let's make the fucking people, let's put the burden of, a, of fucking waiters to have a really good salary and a good uh, a, a way to make a living on the fucking restaurant goers. You know what I mean? Let me just say this one thing, okay? I tip. I tip minimum 20%. So you don't have to put your fucking thing on my check, okay? Look, let me tell you something. Yeah, but waiting they don't tables, know that. Waiting tables <laughs> in very... Waiting, listen, waiting tables entails a lot of different steps and processes. Right. But the job of a waiter is sales. The 20% tip is his commission. Right. When you look at it from the waiter's right. perspective, right. when I go to your table That's and, a good I, and, point. I, and I say to you, I say, oh, would you like a glass of champagne, miss? And she says, yes. Ching, ching, that's 18 more dollars on the tab. Right. You know, right. When that's I a say, good point. So, so – uh, the good, the real good, because I, I wait fine dining. I don't wait in little diners. Right. I wait in fine dining. I, w- I wait at crackhead Dominican rice yeah, and bean you, joints. Yeah, you eat at fucking. You eat at places that sell fish and chips and teriyaki. Yeah, like, how yeah, did those yeah. two get? Together? I eat at places that make fresh tortillas. <laughs> I, I eat at places that make fresh tortillas. Okay, they make fresh tortillas. Okay, they sell teriyaki and they have fucking three day old. That's sushi. Briti- That's British Tokyo fusion, yo. That's yeah, the yeah, newest yeah. way. And they have yeah. three day old fucking sushi. Okay. So what, I, so what I'm saying is the skill of a waiter, what, a, what, what you're paying for with a waiter is, yeah. okay, what you're really paying for is you're paying someone to pace your meal. Right. He's, that's where waiting comes from. We, it's the job that's of a waiter the, that's to the pace. Job, that's the responsibility of your boss. Okay, your boss. No, is the, no yes, listen to me. Hear me out. Yes, it is. Do you know what I mean when I say pace your meal? I know what the fuck you mean. What I do got, I mean? Where do we meet, you and I? <laughs> Does, no, no where do we meet, motherfucker? Where do we, we met meet? at my work. We met where? At a this restaurant. This guy sits at, a at my t- table. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. This guy's not even gonna tip me. <laughs> at a steakhouse. At a steakhouse. Okay? Yeah, at a steakhouse. I work at. What does that tell you? What does that tell you about me? But without you even no, knowing. No, what I'm saying is, you had you started off with an appetizer, and Absolutely. then you have a salad, Absolutely. and then you have a steak that needs right. to be cooked at a certain time that the needs temperature. a certain temperature. Right. What you're pay- with the skill of a, what a, the hardest part of waiting tables and what the job really is. Is I'm pacing your meal. Right. I'm delivering drinks when you arrive. Then right. I'm bringing some bread. Right. Then I'm bringing the salad. Right. When the salads, I clear the plates. Right. I bring the apps. Right. Then I clear that. Right. The steaks come. I let clear me, it all up. Me, but but what I'm ahead. saying is, but where the money is made, where the where the actual ching happens, is it's a sales job. Right. You go up to a table. Good point. You look at them. You read them. Good point. What did I do at your table? I I listened to what I you wanted. You, I asked you what you I, I, you gave me you gave me your opinion on what the best thing you didn't you listen you you're a good waiter because okay? all salesmen listen, all salesmen are good listeners. Rich Rich, you're a good waiter. 
Okay. All good saying. I, I, was, I was starting to feel like. No, I've been waited by you. You guys, you guys are really good waiters. You're really good at what you do. You're really good salespeople. Meaning, you're not trying to fucking push some shit up my ass that no, you I'm know I don't want. Find out about you and right. find and then out what say, you like. Okay, this is probably going to be your best bet. You know, yeah. and and this. Now, now, that's what it comes down to. I got to. you. I got you. But what's the next thing? Is it when I go to Macy's with my wife to buy a fucking couch, a pullout couch? Macy's salespeople, they are on sell, commission. Are on commission. They're selling me something. They're listening to my needs. So what's the next thing? Macy says, oh, why don't we put the burden of the fucking commission on the buyer of the couch? You know what I'm saying? What's the next thing? In 10 years, that's what's going to happen? All I'm trying to Listen, say is that. Here's the thing. In order for capitalism to really work, and the problem is, in order for it to really work, you have to have options. Meaning, like, <laughs> no, no, hear my point. What I'm saying is, for instance, if you walk into a Macy's and you see that happening, then as a consumer driving the markets, you say, no, I'm not going here. I'm going to go somewhere else. So, you know, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an essential step, I, I would think. For <laughs> Mild man goes in to buy a fucking steak. Two waiters attack him. They start fighting over the tip. The man gets pissed off, starts stabbing the guys in the neck, not the steak. The police come. They take him to the underground Disney jail. He gets pissed off. He urinates on It's a Small World. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Here's the tip. Dad, go back to school. Loser. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, listen. What I'm trying to say is that it's it's uh, it's a um, small world well, after uh, all. Nestor, what about what about over in other countries? You know, Europe and everywhere. Where, right. Where they don't tip. They don't tip because and the, everything works fine because the employee is somewhat taken care of, and you're going to probably get better who takes, service. Who takes care of the, the employer? employer? But this is my but point. This isn't Europe. Right. At some point in this country. At some point in this country, the burden of taking care of the worker in your in your field yeah. was fucking relieved of the fucking employer and forced onto the consumer. Well, the, that's my the, problem. The consumer should have revolted and said, "We're not going to eat out." In, no, in, no, no, in no, 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 no. You get again. You're putting the burden of the consumer. No, hold on. A, a lot of what it was. You're, you're putting the burden on the consumer. But but a lot of it was society. I mean. Did did uh, did any point in your life did a manager ever come out and say you have to tip my employee? No. Who told you to tip? Your your, your social peers. Yeah. Well, it's a social peer, and you know, and and different social dynamics think differently. Here in America, we we believe in tipping for service, but you have a lot of people in America that are that as a people have a have a stereotype that they don't tip as good. You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. Somebody delivers a refrigerator. You're going to tip him, right, Nestor? I, I, you I, hook him up with a 20 spot or something I, like that because he did a little service for I you. I tip people who work just right. extra hard, right. who go out of their way to do their job. We're living in a society what, where no one but, gives a fuck says, about like, their job. Like no one says that. So now all of a sudden, 10 years from now, everyone, everyone who works for JCPenney, JCPenney realizes, oh, well, these guys are getting paid. They get, they get $20 tips or $10 tips. So you know what? We're not going to pay them $15 an hour to deliver furniture. We're going to give them $3 an hour because they're already making $200 in tips. That's, what it, that's what's already happened. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Listen, the, 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 
the eventual price Blame society. Gonna, the eventual price in some way, shape, or form is gonna trickle down into the end consumer. If if they if they said, Oh, well we're gonna meaning like if you didn't pay the tip, they would charge you more for the salmon. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like it's a they're gonna come up with the money some way, yeah. shape, or form. No. It's, the, it's the only way for the business to work. No, no, I know, I know. I, I mean, just, if you look I, at how many restaurants go under, this isn't just like I mean, don't necessarily just think this is a fat cow sitting on their, you know. I just think I just think it's bullshit. Hey, listen, you know what? We're gonna wrap this up. I'm, I'm gonna wrap it up. I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna bring this bring over to John Crash Matos Part Three interview. This is John Crash Matos, and you are listening to Mysterious Public. Radio. So you're a prolific, highly successful artist. You're a highly successful husband, and you. I don't. Know, I don't know about that part, but yeah. No, 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 no. You're Puerto Rican, and you're married 25 years. That's a, like a straight up enamel. I mean, I, I say this. I says to a friend of mine, and he laughs. I said, but 25 years, right? If you're a lifer in jail, don't you get paroled? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't they give you a suit and a, and and 15 dollars? I'm not sure what they give you anymore, but I, you know, my, this is my 20th wedding anniversary year so, myself. All right, so, so you, got, you got five more years before you get paroled. I'm yeah, hoping, yeah. You know? Well, I have a th- I have a theory. <laughs> Seriously, I have a theory about about, about marriage. Mm. People uh, nowadays they get married and then they get divorced in like a year, two, mm. or five. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And they make the rest of us guys that stick with it look bad. Correct. You know what I mean? I think that the government should give us a a, a stipend for every year that you're married, both the man and the woman. Right. Yeah, but see, but the, them getting divorced is what keeps the uh, the law institution, you know, making money. The the divorce law institution. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm saying they should have like it's a the economy. We're not, we're not we're not supporting the economy. <laughs> but, but I'm saying they should have they should have like you know a married man islands fund. You know, like you you get to go on a vacation just the guys. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's that's that's, that's called parole. That's your parole. Yeah, I don't yeah, but that, that. I don't, that even, should, I don't get, even get a watch. That should be funded by the government though. Like I mean, you know, you and these fucking people they get married for two for like a year or two. Like these famous people. I don't even want to mention their names because oh, they're retarded, yeah. you know, and then that's news, you know what I mean? 72 that, days, yeah. 72 days, that's news. Uh, 72 days, that person should contribute to that <laughs> to that married man island fund. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. There should be some sort of a, of, of a penalty. <laughs> All right, so penalty. penalty, I'm serious. I want to talk about Eric Clapton. All right. I've met Eric Clapton. I love Eric Clapton. Every, every, anybody who knows uh, of Eric Clapton's music, uh, come on. What, what, what's there not to, you know, to like? The man's a fucking genius. You know what I mean? Um, so I read that you met Eric Clapton, uh, what, in the 90s or something? Or early 2000? Um, no, I met him uh, 1996. 96. A friend, he, he was looking to do some sort of collaboration with uh, street art. Correct. He was actually, he, he had just finished recording a CD of like street music, um, um, uh, beats, all this, you know, weird stuff. Um, with a producer and a collaborator, and um, he had come to New York to to shoot uh, areas for video, and um, he had heard about me. He wanted to try and see how he could um, meet me. So he was in a restaurant with one of his managers, and um, you know the conversation came up. My name came up, and it turns out that one of the one of the stewardesses, the stewardesses, one of the uh, waitresses. Thank you. Wrong airline here. Uh, <laughs> the waitress, the waitress was a friend of mine. Oh wow! So, so um, she, you know, she said, "Look, I know him. I know how to get in contact with him." So she called me, and she said, "Look, a musician I know wants to contact you. Can I give you a number?" I'm like, yeah, sure. So she did, and then she called me back and told me who it was. I'm like, yeah, right. 
a musician. Yeah. <laughs> so the following morning, he called me. So at that point, you knew his music. I mean, you're familiar with his music. You're a oh, kid yeah. of the 60s. I was a huge, huge fan. Mm -hmm. yeah, From Cream days and all that. Cream, yeah, up until, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, up to the album that I thought was like really amazing was um, an album called um, August. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. Man's a genius. He's one of the most amazing guitarists. So anyway, uh, Fender Stratocasters. You, he, he commissioned you to do one of, his, one of his guitars, and since then, there's a... There's a uh, I mean, I Googled this, and there was like, I don't know, fucking... How many of them? A hundred? Um, I did 50 Fender Strats, one of a kinds, and then I did um, about 25 or 30 Telecasters with matching amps. Um, but wow. then, um, I mean, then you got all the private commissions, so... There's got to be two or three hundred guitars out there. Yo, them shits is fucking dope. Thanks. Seriously. Thanks. I remember, I remember seeing the first one, and then I remember it was almost like a like a catalog of of I don't know like cars that you can get this model. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, they're yeah. fucking gorgeous, and they're obviously all unique, and they all pop. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, and I also read that you mentioned uh, private commissions that you basically consult uh, Eric before you go ahead and and, and say did. yes. Yeah, I did. Um, in the very beginning. Um, well, you know, the, the first guitar I did for him wasn't a commission. It was a practical joke. Really? How'd that, how'd that come out? Um, well, he's, he's, he's famous for, for his jokes. So, I, dude, this has had to be a God thing. I was sleeping. Woke up one morning, the summer of 98, 99. I woke up, and I just, came, I just told my wife, you know, I want to paint a guitar for Eric. <laughs> just like that. So I, I didn't know how to, you know, to, to do it. So I called some of his friends in London, and his, his personal assistant... Uh, gave me um, his guitar text information. I contacted him and I told him, you know, I want to do this, but it's got to be totally on the hush hush. Uh, you know, I don't want him to know. So I did the guitar, which was really interesting because it was, I never done one before. I did the guitar. Um, they prepared it, they got it ready, and they put it in a, in a guitar case. And then what they did was he was in LA um, recording uh, an album with BB King, mm. writing with the King, that, that album. Mm. So the guitar case is in the corner of the studio. So he walks in, hey guys, you know, what's up? And he sees a couple of guitar cases. So he asks, what's going on over here? And they told him, oh, it's a new setup, you know, you want to try it? So he opened up, he opened up one case, like, oh, this is cool. Then he opened up mine and goes, what the heck is this? He opened it and he called me, like, dude, what are you doing? And, you know, I gotcha, you know. But it, it, it backfired because he really liked it. And he used it for like two or three straight years. And um, then he commissioned me to do a guitar and then, and then, just proceed, and then it just went off. And then, and then he put you in contact with Fender. Well, Fender so. contact, contacted me when they saw uh, his stuff. Right, right. That's that's amazing. Um, and so, what else? What else have you done, like on a grander scale? Not walls, not canvases, not guitars. Cars, maybe. Um, Toothbrushes. Well, yeah. well, I've done. Uh, I know you've done luggage for Toomey. Yeah, the Toomey. I, I own a piece. Yeah, the Toomey. Oh, you do? Yeah, hell yeah. Poor guy. No, uh, the Toomey thing was kind of cool because. Um, I knew Toomey, not from the luggage, but from the backpacks. So, you know, I, I, when they contacted me, I, I um, went online and checked it out. I'm like, okay, it's kind of cool. And they were just releasing the hard cases. Right. Um, so that just worked out. Dude, that was just, like, amazing how that worked out. I, I, if, if anything is ever God-given, that is, because that just, like, from, from the beginning to the end, it just was smooth. There was never a, 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 an ounce of trouble. So they called you. They said, "We love your work. Would you be interested yes. in uh, a designing using your print as uh, a series of a hard luggage?" Right, right. And so, did you design that specific image did, for that? I did the painting, yeah, specifically for that. They gave me, they, but they gave me uh, guidelines. I can't use more than eight colors. 
because they, the more colors right, the to silk screen, the, the more money it costs. It's difficult. So mm -hmm. I did the painting with eight colors, but unbeknownst to me, spray paint, it, it, it varies from dark to light. So like if you use a blue, you know, it's the same blue, but when you pull back, you got all that misting. Right. So that creates a degree of a color. A different hue of so color. What, yeah, you go from dark to light, even though it's one color. So you got all that to Interesting. Work. So it came out to like something like 75, 80 colors. So really? So they did the eight colors, but they did a process that they hadn't used before anywhere. So they kind of like adjusted it and evened it. And I used silver spray paint, and you can't duplicate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they used a gray but it just, it was just, it just worked. Right, right, right. No, they're, 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 they're It was great, dope. man. It was great. So, okay, so I know, I know this is your, uh, you had a studio, or you had another studio. One of the things I know, and we're going to wrap this up, I got a few more questions to ask you, but we could talk for fucking hours here, was that <laughs> I, I read somewhere that when you were younger, you didn't have a studio, and you painted up in the roof, in top. your building, Correct. and that every day you got up and you treated it as a job. Correct. I still do. I get up, I mean, I get up. Even I'm gonna work at home, I get up, I take a shower, I, I put on my clothes, and I go downstairs and I work. I, I you know, I have to. Uh, it's it, it's it's a a thing that I, you know, I, not to take it for granted. You mm -hmm. know, um, it's a discipline. It's a discipline, and it's and it's it's something that I think every, whether you're a musician, a writer, whatever it is, you know, all musicians they play. You know, even if they're just doodling, they they play. Writers, you know, write. if you're not writing, you're, you know, you're, you're formulating, or you know, you're t but it's always uh, it's it's always writing. Um, painting is the same thing. I might not use spray paint every day, but I'll do some ink drawings, um, maybe some watercolors. I'll do some acrylics, you know. So, but, but every day you're doing something. There's something because um, um, I don't think creativity ends. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you can go out three weeks on holiday, mm -hmm. you know, on vacation somewhere on the beach, but you come back and you got all that stuff stolen, mm -hmm. and you're like, boom. Mm -hmm. As an artist, your life should be a, um, a diary. Mm -hmm. See, I was going to ask you uh, what, what, what advice you have for younger artists, but I think that kind of covers it right there. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about, like, spray painting technique, but I would probably gather that that would fall under the same uh, answer that you gave me, practice, practice, practice. Practice, man. It's, yeah. Spray painting is not an easy medium. Hell fucking no. <laughs> Hell fucking no. And you guys, you guys actually uh, develop spray caps to make them fatter so that you can fill in more, more area faster. Um, well, in the beginning, we used to... We, we realized that uh, all these companies had different nozzles, like um, the ones that we used to love with um, um, spray starch, Niagara spray starch. Their nozzle was, was a wide thing. So when we used to paint with that, you, go, you know, you cover like a, a, a foot long uh, path of color as opposed to just using the little ones. that. Can, can. So Niagara spray starch, that's fucking not spray paint, but it's spray. Right. So <laughs> that's that nozzle. <laughs> but then you also had Jafoam. Jafoam was a, a product that you used to clean ovens. You, know, you spray Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So those caps. Those had a wider yeah, spray. So like, wow. You know. See, look at that shit. Yeah, That's man. awesome. So recently, you did a wall on Houston Street in Lower Manhattan. We were talking about this earlier that Keith, that was Keith Herring's original wall up until what, like 2000 or um, something? He did the wall originally in 82, 83. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, he repainted it again. And then um, he did a, a, a wall with uh, Days and, and A1 and Kenny Sharp. There was a whole bunch of guys. And that was in 85, 86. Mm -hmm. And then, then it went dormant for a while. What, it was just blank? It was just blank. People just bombed it. They, you know, they, they put stuff on it. It became a, what you call it, a uh, sign for, for a shop down the street. And then in about 2000, they started it up again. Um, and started getting artists from around the world to do a wall. When I was approached to do the wall, I didn't know this. Charlie Ahern told me this, but I'm the only Graf New Yorker, you know, born and raised in New York, because Keith wasn't. Right. 
the only born and raised in New York artist to do the wall and who also did the subways. No one else had done that wall. No so, subway writer and no uh, original a native New Yorker. New Yorker, right? Because Keith was born in Pennsylvania, right? Right. And the other, I know, I know, uh, Los Gemelos were in Brazil. A couple um, other guys. Uh, 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 Shepherds from LA, right? Fail, they're, they're from the UK, right? And on and I could, you know, Aiko is Japanese. I just go on and on and on. Right, right, right. So, but real quick, I'm, I'm going to post a picture of that of that wall on the Skid Row Studios uh, site, um, and whoever's interested, you can Google the Houston Street uh, wall there that crashed. Did um, the fucking thing is humongous, it's big, man. It's and big. and and you were telling me earlier that you did that in three fucking days. Three days, man. Freezing too. The um, I was given five days to do it. The the Tuesday that the wall was supposed to have been primed, there was a massive storm, rainstorm, so they couldn't do anything. Tuesday, Wednesday morning, I was supposed to start, so they started priming the wall Wednesday morning. I got there, the guy was finishing one side, and I was already starting on the other side. You know, outlining. Then Thursday and Friday were really freezing cold. Turns out when I was, you know, when I was uh, looking at the at the weather to find out in terms of pain Saturday, there was a thunderstorm coming in. So I had to finish the wall Friday. And sure enough, it poured Saturday. And it, was, and it worked out. It was also um, St. Patrick's Day. So it would have been crazy to try and get into the city. Right, right, right. Because it's maddening yeah. 50 million so, drunken three people. Three days. Yeah, three days. You guys got to see that wall. It's fucking unbelievable. It's beautiful. You do a lot of uh, uh, cartoon, uh, comic strip type characters. It's got Popeye in it. I love it. It's got a lot of colors, more than eight. Uh, Toomey <laughs> would never have been able to replicate that shit. Um, so we're going to wrap this up real soon, but I wanted to ask you about two major exhibits. One of them is Art in the Streets that happened in Los Angeles, curated by Jeffrey Deutsch. Mm. And uh, how was that for you? And were you happy about it? Just generally, you know, what were you feeling? about that. I saw it. I loved it. Um, the exhibition, well, the exhibition that you saw was very different from what they originally planned. Mm -hmm. They wanted to do 30 artists with different artists representing different parts of the world. Both East Coast and West Coast or just the world? The world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they had Osgemios from Brazil. They were interested in having me, Lee and Futura represent the United States. And as time went on, changed. It changed incredibly. It, you know, it, 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 the, the, again, you know, I think the catalog was, was better than the exhibition. I mean, just the, the way... I mean, for example, they left out Fashion Motor, which was which I don't know how. They only included them in the timeline. Right, right. And meanwhile, Fashion Motor was a major, uh, yeah. integral part of yeah. the evolution of. Uh, I mean, more than Patty Astor, you know, and Fun Gallery. Right. Not not dissing Patty because I love it to death, but Fashion Motor was there before them. So so you know that that was insane. Um, then um, you know all all the. Uh, all the problems with all the guys doing installations, you know, all the the the, the problems that came up with that was kind of weird. Because um, there were quite a few installations there, but I think a lot of those were from the West Coast, right? Yeah. Artists from the West Coast. Well, I mean, even the guy that did the blade piece, he's yeah, from the West Coast. Oh, the blade, yeah. Um, I didn't go to the opening because um, it bothered me that there were a lot of people who should have been in the show and they weren't in the show. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of boycotted in a sense? Uh, yeah, I mean, boycotting, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, yeah you could say that. Um, it's just, you know, there were a lot of people that shouldn't have been in the show. Right. So, you know. I kind of, when I saw the show, I, I my, my take on it was I kind of like the historical content. I wasn't aware about the fashion motor, yeah. but it makes sense. Totally, now that, now it makes totally sense left out. that we're talking about it. I, I thought there were some people in there that really didn't contribute that much to Correct. the evolution of graffiti. And they not only were they there, but they put a lot of emphasis mm -hmm. or, or, or they gave them a lot 
a lot of props. So I was like, uh, I don't know why he's here and like somebody else is in here. Who should have been there that wasn't there? Days. Days had a little small painting in there. That was an afterthought. That was an afterthought. Then he wasn't asked. Yeah. Doves. I, I was wondering why Days only had a small little painting there. Doves. Doves Green. Um. These are all East Coast uh, artists, and Days, Chris Days Ellis is your um, your uh, uh, partner. You guys, you, you've been sharing studio space with Days from the get go, huh? Right. He's my baby mama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which, we, we've been we've been sharing studios since about eight three. Yeah. Right, and I'm I'm definitely going to interview Days uh, uh, in depth uh, another time because I can't interview him in ten minutes. He's another he's <laughs> yeah. another crazy fuck, mm. but uh, a totally prolific and amazing artist as well. So, so those green days and who else? Wow, um, those are the first two that come to mind. Um, All right, I don't have to put you on the spot. Yeah, That's yeah, cool, yeah. too, guys. And then the other thing that kind of pissed me off was the Whitney Museum of, of Contemporary Art here in New York City did uh, an, a similar exhibit, but it wasn't about street art. It was a century of art, if I remember correctly, was the title wow, of it. Wow, yeah, right. And, 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 and not one of you guys were included no, in that. No, that, actually, that was the Museum of Art and Art. And, they, and the only way... No, 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 I'm talking about, Whitney, no, I'm talking about no, the Whitney. That's yeah. the one that they had Henry's photos. That's the only they way had, they they had Keith Haring and they had Henry Chalfant, yeah. Right. And then they, what they, to appease us, they decided to do a, a, a thing downstairs. A, um, a, um, I didn't even see that. Yeah, it was a, um, uh, a lecture. A lecture? Yeah, a talk. Oh, a lecture. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And a whole bunch of us were there talking. That's, that's, yeah. that's what they decided to do. Yeah, I thought maybe they would incorporate graffiti with Marcel yeah. Duchamp and have you guys paint the urinal. Because... But, but, I, I might. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm at 17. That was how you signed the urinals. Well, for me, for me, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. A century of art. Well, then how come not even one of these fucking guys nope. that have contributed? Nope. I mean, when you talk about art and you're talking about the art movement in general, I mean, you cannot, you cannot, uh, uh, you know, omit... Uh, the well, street art, no, the graffiti movement well, of this. The, the political issue, you know, is what came about because remember, um, the Whitney, um, Guggenheim, they all get money from mm -hmm. from, no, mm -hmm. from from the government mm -hmm. to, to to help. They get grants and yeah. subsidies, and and we're talking about an art form that was criminal. Yeah. It originated in yes. criminal activity, yes. which is how we started the interview. Correct. Yeah. So so I was I was a little pissed off. At the, on the other end of the spectrum, I'm not a big fan of the Whitney Museum. I think it's a little too stuffy. I mean, museums well, in general you know, are. Whitney, yeah. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just, I just, you know, I've been to, the only good thing to come out of the Whitney for me in terms of that's uh, the, only, the best exhibit I've ever seen there. There were two, Carol Walker and mm. Keith Haring, the Keith Haring retrospective. The Basquiat was nice too. The, I, I didn't see the Basquiat yeah. there. I saw the Basquiat in LA and I did see the Keith Haring there and I was fucking blown away and and I, do, I did see the Keith Haring retrospective in San Francisco. I thought the New York one was way better. Yeah, you know it was. It was all yeah. Carol Walker is amazing too. But um, Carol Walker is fucking the, out of the control. The Basquiat show was hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, well, the Basquiat show in, in, in L.A. was unbelievable. Yeah. I was never a fan of, uh, of Jean-Michel Basquiat uh, until I saw that. Yeah. I, I, I got and it. See, and then you can, right. I got it. Yeah, because if you just see two or three, it doesn't make sense. But when you see it and it becomes like a diary. Right. You can read it and you can see everything he's went through. Right, you get him. Up, yeah, then you're like, whoa. Right, you're blown away. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's it. I think I've uh, I think I've uh, uh, kept you in one place for a long time. <laughs> so I want to I want to thank.
thank you so much for giving us giving me the opportunity on Nestorius Public Radio uh, to get uh, a little in depth on in you and your work and your life. I appreciate it. Go see that uh, wall on uh, House and Street. Google Crash, John Crash Matos, uh, Google Fashion Motor, and we out. Thanks for tuning in to Nestorius Public Radio. Make sure you go to you go to skidrowstudios.com. Check out the rest of the shows on there. There's some pretty live stuff. Um, make sure you go to iTunes. Uh, while in iTunes, uh, search for Nestorius Public Radio and uh, subscribe. Tell your friends. Hey, I'm getting stickers made up with the QR codes to iTunes and to the Facebook page. We're blowing shit up. You know what I mean? Yo, we're blowing up. We got stickers. We're getting packaged Twizzlers. We're getting twirlers. We're fucking getting strippers. <laughs> Fuck that shit. So. Hookers. Yeah, we're doing it all, man. Yo. We're gonna we're gonna shrink wrap my fucking SUV. It's yeah. gonna be amazing. NBC be rolling around. I'm gonna do. Fire. I'm gonna get a t-shirt gun. No, what I'm you gonna do? Sh- I'm gonna do a drive-by t-shirt gun shooting. Yeah. Make sure you tune into the breaks. T H A B R. E-A-K-S on Smodcast.com As well as As well as Thebreaks.net Thebreaks.net That's that's the Breaks website I've been doing the show with James for about two years And don't forget while you're at it uh, Check us out on Facebook Forward slash Nestorius Public Radio Twitter Nestorius uh, NYC And then our new website NestoriusPublicRadio.com We'll see you in Club 33 Bitches Encourage me to hold